Welcome to the Stolen Reality Podcast. This is where you belong. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. It's Friday, which means it's time for another quick bit-isode. So today's bit-isode is a little bit different. It's actually going to be an addendum to Wednesday's episode, A Case for Sasquatch. So on Wednesday, I did a very long, like two and a half hour episode on Sasquatch. And if you missed that, you should go back and listen to it. This can be a standalone episode, but it ties in a lot to that episode. And that was a really fun episode anyway, so you should probably take the time to go check it out. So at the beginning of Wednesday's episode, I mentioned how I've been having some technical difficulties with all this recording stuff. You know, I'm still just getting started. This is the very end of my first month. We made it through a month, which is awesome. So if you're listening, you're one of the originals, one of the OGs. (laughs) When I'm big and famous and we're 10 years into this thing, you can say that you've been listening from the start before it was cool. But like I mentioned at the beginning of that episode on Wednesday, I had recorded that entire two and a half hour episode. um, And then when I went back and listened to it, it was all messed up and I had to re-record the whole thing. So I talked for like five hours on Wednesday straight. In fact, that is the very first time in my life that I've ever had a sore throat and lost my voice from just talking. You know, that's happened from yelling at sporting events and stuff before, but never just from talking. So I did a lot of talking. But unfortunately what happened is that since I recorded it twice, the second time that I recorded it I had forgot to put a couple pieces in that were very important pieces because I had remembered saying them but I had said them in the in the original recording so then later on in the episode I actually referenced those things and I'm sure everybody was like what the hell is he talking about because they weren't in there so today I'm going to go back and just uh, go over those two things that I that I referenced so first of all I had referenced when I was talking about the theory section, I had referenced the fact that Teddy Roosevelt had accounts of Bigfoot and that he had a big hand in the National Park Service and that there's an idea that maybe the national parks are set up as kind of a wildlife refuge for Sasquatch. And then I had also mentioned when I was talking about evidence and hoaxes and footprints, I talked about the mid-tarsal break and I referenced the Patterson-Gimlet film. But when I went back and listened to it, neither of those things were on there. So I was referencing things that weren't even on the show. So today I'm just going to quickly go over the Teddy Roosevelt experience and then also the Patterson-Gimlet film. And like I said on Wednesday, you know, every single one of these Sasquatch encounters could be their own hour and a half episode. So I'm really just touching the base of these things. So I'm sorry that those got missed out on. I'm still learning a lot as I'm going through this. I actually just went out and bought a new laptop so that I can run better programs and get this going better. Um, In fact, a little side note, when I was buying this laptop that I'm using right now the man who sold it to me was asking what I was going to use it for and I told him about my podcast and I had mentioned the Bigfoot episode that I just put out and well guess what this guy was from down south and he said that he's had his own Bigfoot encounter so like I said on Wednesday there's a lot of encounters out there everybody knows somebody who has seen these things so Adam if you're listening thank you for this laptop it's working awesome so far and here's your shout out my next step is to get some better microphones so that uh, my sound comes through better and then then we should be pretty well set up but anyway, let's get into it today. I'm going to try to keep this underneath the 15-minute mark for my bit-isode, but we'll, we'll see what happens. So first of all, the Teddy Roosevelt story. So President Roosevelt was a very avid writer, and he wrote about a lot of things in his memoir, including his time with the Rough Riders, and he wrote uh, military novels, but he also wrote a lot about his hunting experiences. 
so Roosevelt was a pretty avid hunter, and he kind of prided himself on having hunted all over the world. And in 1892, he wrote a book called The Wilderness Hunter. So in this book, he tells a pretty interesting story about a man he met named Bauman. He says in the book, I was told by a grizzled, weather-beaten old mountain hunter named Bauman, who was born and had passed all of his life on the frontier. He must have believed what he said, for he could hardly repress a shudder at certain point of the tale. Which goes back to what I was saying on Wednesday, that people who encounter these things even years later um, almost have a panic attack when they recount the story because they were so scared at the time. So this guy Bauman is telling Teddy Roosevelt this story that of the mid-1900s, him and a companion had decided to go out and set traps near a trail here in Montana. And this place already had kind of a bad reputation because earlier another trapper had been found half eaten at this place. So they were out there and they had set up camp and, you know, went out and did their thing. But when they came back the next day, they found that something had come to their camp and tore through it. And he said that it had left many visible tracks during its fits of rage while it destroyed their camp. So that night, while he was asleep, Bauman got woken up by what he called a wild beast odor, which again goes back to what I was talking about Wednesday, how these things just stank. So he looked up from his sleeping bag and he saw what he described as a great body in the distance lurking in the shadows. So he got up and he took his gun and he fired a shot from his rifle into the dark shape. And the thing rushed away, making a loud noise as it fled. Scared the shit out of the men. They didn't sleep much that night, obviously. So they decided to kind of figure out what the hell was going on. So his buddy went and took his torch, which I'm sure was a lantern since they didn't have flashlights back then. And he went over and he looked at the tracks. Well, when his buddy came back to the campsite and stood by the fire, he said, and this is from the book, coming back to the fire, he stood by it a minute or two, peered out into the darkness, and then suddenly remarked, Bauman, that bear has been walking on two legs. So they saw that these tracks were made by something that was not a bear and wasn't walking on four legs. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of bear and they do get up on two legs from time to time, but they don't walk around like that. They do it if they're checking something out or sniffing the air or maybe puffing up to get aggressive. But unless they're circus bear, they're not uh, tromping around on two feet and riding unicycles. So that next day, they say, you know, fuck it, we're out of here, and decided to take off. But they had to go get their trapping equipment, so they went out and got their trapping equipment. But when Bauman came back to the camp, he found his buddy's dead body, and his neck was snapped, and there were four fang marks on the side of his neck. So Roosevelt writes in his book, Bauman, utterly unnerved and believing that the creature with which he had to deal was something either half-human or half-devil, some great goblin beast... <laughs> I like that description, abandoned everything but his rifle and struck out at speed down the pass, not halting until he had reached the beaver meadows where the hobbled ponies were still grazing. Mounting, he rode onwards through the night until far beyond the reach of pursuit. So essentially we have this story told to Roosevelt that he believed enough that he put into his own book about these two trappers that were out there, shot at a Bigfoot, and one of them got murdered by it and got his neck snapped. So could it have been a bear? Maybe. But for professional trappers from frontier days who had, you know, lived their whole lives out in the wilderness, they know what bear tracks look like and they know what they're looking for. And they also know when things walk on two legs or four legs, you know, it creates a completely different gait when something walks like that. So we can assume that these guys knew what the hell they were talking about. And again, Roosevelt believed it enough that he was willing to put it in his book and vouch for these guys. So that's what I was referencing in Wednesday's episode when I was talking about the national parks and the fact that Teddy Roosevelt had encounters with or at least believed in Bigfoot. And then the other thing that I referenced on Wednesday was the Patterson-Gimlin film. So the Patterson-Gimlin film is like the quintessential Sasquatch film. So anytime you have seen uh, an old grainy footage of Sasquatch or like seen the picture of him walking through the woods looking over at the camera, that's probably from the Patterson-Gimlin film. So this thing was shot in 1967 and it is still to this day very controversial. I brought it up in the hoaxes section that 
a lot of people argue this as being a hoax and a lot of people still to this day very much believe that it's real. So I could do a whole episode on this and, and why people believe each side of the story here, but I'm just going to do kind of a quick little rundown. So the people that say it was a hoax and the reason why they say it was a hoax is that later on, I think in um, the 90s or something like that, don't don't quote me on that, a couple people came out and claimed that they had made it. So there was a, a costume designer and then the guy who said he wore the costume. The problems with that is that for one, their stories don't add up. So over time, you know, a good way to tell if somebody's lying is over time their stories are going to change a little bit. Well, these two guys' stories right from the get-go weren't exactly the same and then over time they had they had kind of grown farther and farther apart just tiny little details which is what really matters when you're looking for truth in something but the other things that didn't add up is the guy who claimed to have worn the suit was much too small to be able to have portrayed something that large so this this thing in the video is you know pretty good size i think it was like six and a half feet at least and again you know sasquatch range all the way from six to twelve to sometimes up to like 15 feet so they're pretty pretty large but this guy was a shorter guy and you can see in the video how difficult it would be for a very small person to wear the suit and walk with it. For one thing, the shoulders are very broad. They're very wide. So for him to have portrayed the shoulders being that wide, he would have to like put his arms up at a right angle to get as wide as the shoulders and then bend them at the elbow and then hold something in his hands to make the forearms longer. Because with, you know, these Sasquatch, the forearms are like ape forearms where they come all the way down past the knees. So first of all, that would be very difficult to do. Second of all, to be able to walk as fluently as the person in this film walks uh, would be tough as well. The other thing that people that believe this is actual footage say is that when you look at it very closely, you can see the musculature of this creature in the video move. So if this was a suit that was made, it was one of the best suits ever made. You know, if you put on a, a gorilla costume and walk around, it's, it could look like a gorilla, but you're not going to see like the flexing of the muscles and... The movement of the triceps when it bends its arm and things like that. And you can see that in this film when you look really closely. And there's been a lot of professionals who have taken a look at this. And again, it's controversial. Some of them say that there's no way it could be faked. Some of them come up with theories why it was. But the biggest thing, and this is what I referenced the video for the most when I was uh, doing my Wednesday's episode, is the mid-tarsal break in the foot. So what a mid-tarsal break is, if you think about your foot, if you think about a human foot, you know, you have your joint and your ankle and you have solid bones. And then at the end, you have your toes because that's how our feet are built, right? We bend at our ankle as we lift our foot up and all our toes are there for is essentially to keep grip on the ground so that our foot doesn't slip backwards. Well, ape feet are built differently. Ape feet are built kind of more like hands. So they have what's called a mid-tarsal break. So there's an extra joint essentially in the middle of the foot. This allows their front of their foot to be able to curl more so that they can grab onto things like swinging from trees and shit like that. But when you watch the Patterson-Gimlet film, when the feet lift up on this Sasquatch, it doesn't lift up in one solid piece. So if you step on the ground right now and lift your foot up, the whole foot's going to come up except for your toes. But when you watch a monkey walk, it can lift its heel off the ground before the front half of its foot comes up. And then from there, it lifts the middle up and then the toes come up. So it comes up in more pieces, kind of more like if you put your hand on the table and, and bent it up. Even that's not a perfect representation, but... I'll put side-by-side -side comparisons on StolenReality.com underneath the episode notes, and you guys can see the difference between a human foot and an ape foot with a mid-tarsal break. And why this is important, other than the Gimlet film and what I was talking about in the Wednesday's episode, is when it comes to footprints. So when you step down with your foot, it's going to kind of even out the whole pressure all the way across. You know, it's going to be probably a little bit more in the heel, 
um, as you step down and then as you come up it might press you know a little bit more into the toes but when you step down with that mid tarsal break it can kind of flex in the center so when you see this faked sasquatch footprints a lot of times they're this one big impression into the ground but when you see things that are seen as credible footprints you'll see more of a heel imprint and then lighter pressure in the center and then toe imprint where it digs in as the thing walks forward and i'll put some pictures of that too so i went over on the hoaxes section on wednesday's episode of the people who had claimed that they had made all these bigfoot footprints with essentially wooden boards that they put underneath their foot and there's absolutely no way for you to do that and and create these mid tarsal break footprints without stepping completely flat and just squishing out the whole area so that's one way that they can tell when a footprint is more likely to be fabricated as opposed to something that's seen as actual evidence. So that was just kind of a quick little add-on to Wednesday's episode. Like I said, I'm not getting too deep into either one of those things. I'll post a whole bunch of links and um, images and a link to the Patterson-Gimlin film on StolenReality.com underneath the episode notes. And if you don't know what I'm talking about when I'm referencing everything... Uh, go back and listen to Wednesday's episode about a case for Sasquatch. So again, this is just a quick little addendum episode. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys are liking the show. I'm trying to make it better all the time. Getting better equipment, trying to make the sound better and everything. And if you guys want to get in touch with me, go on to StolenReality.com. Go underneath the contact page. Tell me what you're liking about the show. Tell me what I can do better. If you know anybody who wants to be on the show or you want to be on the show, anybody that would be a good fit or you got any episode ideas, feel free to reach out to me at any time. If you've had your own Sasquatch experiences you want to talk about or maybe there's something else you want to talk about, UFOs or cryptids or MindSpeak or anything. So I hope you guys had a great week, and I will be back again tomorrow for my What a Week episode, looking back at all the news you might have missed throughout the week. Thanks for listening, everybody.